I'm Nina. And I'm Jo. And this is our podcast, Rich Pickings. I was about to say that at the same time as you, but oh, I can't even get that right. No. Never mind. We'll have to try that again tomorrow. <laughs> Next time. <laughs> and we are in the garden shed, which is probably why it sounds a bit echoey. Yes, but there's nothing like being in a garden shed. Oh, I can think of a lot of things that, that are like or better than being in the garden shed. Uh, <laughs> sun lounger in the Caribbean, for starters? That might work, yes. yes. So let's tell everybody what this podcast is about, shall we? Now that we've fathomed what it is about. So, gosh, how long have we known each other? I met you at the Chelsea Flowers Show where I'd designed a garden, I would say... 2010, a long time ago. A long time ago. It doesn't feel like it, but I think it was 2010. And and yes, I think we we connected very quickly because there were a lot of things in our background, weren't there, that were similar. We had an we both have an Italian connection. Yeah, and you're a garden designer. I'm a garden garden designer. And I think a beautiful friendship was born. Yes, absolutely. I loved your work. I think I stalked you for a small period of time before that as well. <laughs> Sorry, I wasn't aware of it. So you're obviously doing really good stalking there. And here we are, all these years later, in the garden shed, talking about the stuff we're going to talk about. Yes, we're both rooted, aren't we, in gardens. But before anybody runs a mile, this is not a gardening podcast. We may take root from certain gardening things, but we're going to go in lots of different directions. And I think we have to, don't we? Because otherwise it could become a bit serious. And frankly, we both like to live at the lighter side of life. I think it's a must. So I think with that, I think one of the first things that we should talk about today and introduce everybody to do is one of the regular slots which is called Why We Should Be More Blank. Yes. And today, can I put forward one? Go on then, you've got the best one. Okay, my best one is Why We Should Be More Snoopy. Oh, without a shadow of a doubt. Snoopy, always. Now, I'm looking at a cartoon of Snoopy lying on his back with his big round tummy, just just pointing to the sky and his kennel all decorated with Christmas lights. And I'm thinking, yeah, look, he looks so just content. Yeah. And, and I, wise. And He's I, so wise. Yeah. And why, wise and also not asking too much of life sometimes. Yes. He's, he's counting his, his blessings, isn't he? And I know when you said the other day you were trying that app which stops you eating biscuits... Or nuts. You like you're a nuts person, aren't you? I'm more of the biscuits. I could live on biscuits. This Crisps. is a whole. This other is another story. story. But um, but anyway, and one of the things it told you to do was name whatever, name ten brilliant things that, that had already happened to you that morning. And Snoopy would have no problem with creating that list straight away. No, would he? he he would. He would talk about an interaction with Woodstock. Yeah. It's Wood, Woodstock is the little his little, it's bird, the friend. little bird friend. I love the little Woodstock interaction. And what is it? What do you like about that interaction? <laughs> because they're so different and they but they care about each other. It's sort of a poo and piglet thing, isn't it? 
I mean, uh, yes, you know, they're yes. very different creatures, but they they very much care for each other in that in oh. an interesting way. But though the other image of Snoopy that really comes into my mind is the one where he's throwing his head back and his ears are flapping and he's dancing. Oh, and there are joyously. Little, there are little kind of like wiggly marks coming out of his ankles yes. and around his body showing to show, that he's moving. Yes, exactly. It's that it's totally joyous, isn't it? We should be more snoopy. I think we you've, should, you've snoopy. made your case very well for who we should be more this week. While we're on that, I saw advertised this week on one of the various social media sites where somehow they work out by really stalking you, what you like. I saw advertised a human-sized dog bed. <laughs> Did you? That is really funny because I actually have a garden design client, and this is absolutely true, who wanted a dog, a human-sized dog bed for her garden. Oh, I know where to get them from. I can just. Well, this is ideal. It's not waterproof. I mean, it's for it's for humans. That's the thing. Yeah. So what did she want? So she wanted one for she her. She wanted time. it to go under her. I built her a kind of a shack. I'm calling it a shack because it wasn't a pergola, but she wanted it to go in there so she could nestle. Um. So this is ideal. I need to get that off you. I, oh God, that reminds me also of, <laughs> sorry, I can't stop laughing. It reminds me of, of you building a catio. Talking about Yes, stri- I did. I did build a catio. This is another regular slot, isn't it? This is cats yeah. and dogs we're going to talk about. This really needs to be another it, this slot. This needs to be a slot. So Joe is a dog person. And I am a definitely a dog person. Uh, and I am a cat person, but I love dogs. Um, Joe doesn't feel quite the same way about cats. Although, I think I'm turning you because of my cat. Your cat, who is called your surname. It's called Baxter, yes. I didn't name him. <laughs> but, yes. So, Baxter, Baxter. How did I start oh. this? Cats and dogs. Yes, I did. I built a catio for a client with some ragdoll cats. And ragdoll cats, if anyone knows about ragdoll cats, are gorgeous but incredibly stupid. What? Why? Why are they called ragdoll cats? What is because that? when you pick them up, they flop in your arms like oh, a ragdoll. That's so weird. And you're trying to make me like cats. No, it's cute. It's very cute. But <laughs> that's that's Joe's cat noise. Just for anyone not understanding, they are very cute and fluffy, but they are very silly and they do tend to get run over and. Um, be carried off by people so uh, she the the client in question had to have some form of outdoor indoor area and I saw on social media there was a guy in America called the catio guy who builds these things and I thought well that's what I'll do the cats loved it it. and did did it it. so it exists it happened it exists I have photographic evidence and it really works yeah that's one of the strangest things I've <laughs> ever. And it was it, it, it was a it was a triumph. Now coming back to the mention of biscuits, mm. as you know, biscuits are very important to me. Now I spent a lot of time. I still spend a lot of time in Italy, and in as a child, biscuits biscuits could be breakfast in Italy. Biscuits are breakfast. On the back of the biscuit packet, sometimes, one particular type of biscuit I'm thinking of, but I I can't even remember which one, there's a picture of four biscuits and a glass of milk 
and there's a plus sign between the biscuits and the glass of milk and then there's an equals and then it says a very good breakfast for you yeah i think so, that's i think that's il molino or molino the windmill molino bianco molino bianco molino bianco the white, the, the white, windmill. white windmill. Something like that. It sounds so much better in Italian, doesn't it? But anyway, this is my point. And actually, if you look... So when I tried to sort of introduce this here to friends, people would look at me in horror, like I was sort of standing on my head and wearing a pink tutu and, and singing the national anthem backwards or whatever. And I said, I'm not... It's not that strange to have biscuits for breakfast. My dad always had biscuits for breakfast. Can't say... Try saying biscuits for breakfast. Very biscuits for breakfast, oh. yes. But... If you deconstruct, my point is, if you deconstruct a biscuit, okay, if you have a look at the ingredients, <laughs> it is, what is it? It's sugar. Flour. Flour. Sugar. Yeah. Flour will be first, probably. Yeah. Sugar. And then, I don't know, stuff that holds it all together. Butter. Apricots. Whatever's in there. Yeah. What's a mushy Butter. thing? So in your, Butter. Yeah. Butter. Or egg. Maybe egg. This is great, isn't it? We're certainly not doing a cooking podcast. <laughs> the ingredients of a biscuit. <laughs> this is okay. So, have a, what is a piece of toast? Deconstruct a piece. Of, so, a piece of toast is a slice of bread, Oops. and that is made of flour uh, and something else. I don't know, water, yeast. Yeast. But then you put yeah. jam on it and butter. Put butter okay. first. Yeah. So you've got butter. Jam, which is the sweet thing, loads of sugar. Therefore, I would say to you, I state, maybe I even posit <laughs> that a piece of toast is exactly the same as a biscuit. Yes, yes. I think the problem now is that sugar is the devil and the demon, isn't it? Now, so now, ideally for breakfast, you have fruit or lentils or. Yeah, but fruit is something. Sugar. Oh, it's a yeah. good job this is not a nutritional podcast either, because I don't know. But frankly, a biscuit set or a slice of cake set you oh, up. Oh, now day. I have to draw the line there. I know Italians always eat cake for breakfast. I I think I have to draw the line. No, a nice lemon sponge or slice of something really simple, like you know, Madeira. <laughs> you know, I'm not talking chocolate cake. Now it, we're talking about alcohol for breakfast. No, as well. Madeira cake, you fool. <laughs> ah, Madeira cake. I don't know. I I don't think I can get my head around cake for for breakfast. But I I'm with you on the biscuits. What were those wonderful ones which were milky milk biscuits? Do you know what I'm talking about? Milk. Do you mean malted milk biscuits? Cow biscuits. Where do you get cow biscuits? You can still get cow biscuits, and they do still taste like, but they taste like Horlicks. Yeah. Ooh, remember Horlicks? Oh no, can't say anything bad about Horlicks. Comforting, comforting. I love the malted milk biscuits. So look, I think what we should do is we should have a slot every podcast where we talk about the pros and cons of a particular biscuit. So this week's would have to be mince pies. Mince pies which you tried to foist on me (laughs) on my arrival, knowing that I'd battled through snow (laughs) and whatever else, ice and stuff, to get here. And you present me with a mince pie. When you know I'm the one person in the world, well, definitely not the one person, but one of the few people who think mince pies are the devil's work. No, and I and I actually don't particularly like them myself, but I think it's the sort I think it's it's the dumb thing, isn't it? I mean, 
the month of December, if somebody arrives at your house, I sort of think it's the law that you offer them a mince pie, isn't but it? I, I never do. I never do. So do you think I'm actually... I think I, you're the exception to the rule. But here. do you think I'm being rude then? So you're saying, <laughs> So do you think when you go to somebody's house... Say you'd come to my garden shed, which would have been difficult because I don't have one. But say you'd come to me and arrived this morning and I'd offered you a cup of tea and nothing else because there wouldn't be anything else in the house because I'd have forgotten to go out and get biscuits. Would you have thought that was really rude? Well, I might have got something, but I wouldn't have got mince pies. Would you have thought, ooh, that was that, would that be a bit infradig? <laughs> no, no, I know. No, because I know you. I know you wouldn't have mince pies. They really are. I, I just think it's de rigueur. You've got to have mince pies for people in December. Whether they like them or not, it's like Christmas pudding. Nobody likes Christmas pudding, but we all have to have it, don't we? Oh. We have to do the whole setting light to it, etc. That is the one thing I cook every year. So, I mean, okay, hang on. You like Christmas pudding, but you don't like mince pies, when effectively they're exactly the same thing, but with a bit of pastry around them. I didn't say I liked Christmas pudding. Ah, if you uh, let me finish, I said it's the one thing I cook every year. <laughs> and I think, okay, so going back to, so I think you were kind of touching on tradition and, and stuff that you're supposed to do. And somehow Christmas pudding, I think, I think what it was, was I was trying to impress somebody years and years ago by being the perfect kind of Christmas hostess. So I came across this recipe in a newspaper and thought, well, actually, that doesn't look too complicated. It's a lot of really weird ingredients. Vegetable suet, what even is that? I still don't know what vegetable or vegetarian suet. I don't know what it is. I know it's not offensive because it says vegetarian or vegetable, but it just still... I look at these little little bits of, of white... They're like little white solid maggots. Globules. No, they're maggot. Like, imagine a maggot. Ooh. They're like that. Anyway, so all of that, I'm making it sound really good. I'm yeah, really very sorry. good. But it's the whole, putting all these things together, it's really hard to go wrong, I would say. You stick them all in there, put them together, stick some tempe pieces in or whatever else you've got, because then that's the surprise to find on Christmas Day, and then you steam it for five hours. So you have to do it on a Sunday, probably, when you're not doing anything else. Mm-hmm. Um, Don't you have to do it, like, months in advance of eating it yeah you have stir up sunday so you make Um, it which is kind of round about the end of november and the trouble is nobody really tells you it's stir up sunday until the moment that you you see it somewhere and think oh cripes i haven't got what i need and you rush out and get it and the straws are out of vegetable suet and all the rest of it i still don't know i think i might be doing something wrong because when we come to eat the christmas pudding it's still the little bits of maggoty suet. Oh, you still look the same. I think I don't know who could. Maybe somebody can tell us. Are they meant to sort of disperse and, and melt? Yeah. Have, Have you done it, it this year? Yep. Have I didn't you? do it. I didn't do it on Stir Up Sunday because I was late because I don't know what happened, but life got in the way as usual. So I ended up, and I said I would make one for a friend as well. So there I was steaming <laughs> two puddings on. I don't know, it's probably last week, but about 11 o'clock at night, because they do take five hours first time round to steam. But, what was I going to tell you about that? I did feel really quite kind of like Mother Earthy 
Well, it's as if I'm providing something. I felt quite sort of happy about that. But what the, I think the this year, because I was really late in making that, I had really good intentions. So I got all the fruit soaked the day, or, or probably the day after Stir Up Sunday, because I only noticed it was Stir Up Sunday, so then I had to rush out and buy all the ingredients. Um, so I soaked them in brandy, which is what you do first. But... Soaking the fruit is a really big deal with making the Christmas pudding. You need to soak it first, and because I'd run out of time, I let it soak a little bit longer. And then each morning, when I thought I was going to actually have success in achieving the steaming of the Christmas pudding, but always ran out of time, I just threw a bit more brandy onto the the sultanas and the raisins and the currants and the cherries and everything else, and the maggoty suet. And so it had about, I would say, 10 days worth of brandy. <laughs> so uh, that's going to... Well, I made it for a friend as well. I think it's going to um, it's, it's going to knock socks off people, for sure. Uh, you're not winning me over to this, with this description of yeah. maggots and so on. Yeah, because uh, nobody eats it. I, I, yeah. I'm not... It all sounds like a real faff, too. I yeah, mean, but it's quite fun. And remember, it's the only faff really that I do all the rest of the year round it's it's easy food mm. but anyway well, too I, much... I, I can't say I'll be doing it but I might try some of yours they'll save you a bit I'll ha- I'll excavate all the money no, no, I'll be generous because no. I could put a pound coin in there but you know, I've got wow. a nice sort of selection you have to be careful though because I've also put an old is it a sixpence or a threepenny bit anyway one of those sort of funny shaped tiny little coins so you have to be really careful when you're eating. You have to eat it really slowly yes. and gingerly so that you don't you know, end up eating one of them. So I think at this point in the podcast, bearing in mind that what we do and who we are, we should probably touch on gardens. What you mean, like, have a kind of, like, what you should do in the garden this week? I, well, no, I don't think it should be that boring because if you want that, you can go to Gardener's World. Let's be honest. I mean, I can tell you that probably you should be knocking the snow off your plants, like I didn't do with my banana. Oh, your banana looks a bit sorry for yeah. yourself. It's flaccid, it? isn't it? It's it. It really is looking quite disappointed with life. I think again, we need to we need to post a picture of Nina's flaccid banana. Yeah, we do, we do. And this is a banana that I I did not start to grow myself. It was given to me by a very lovely client. Um. But it's not enjoying the weather. I was going to say to you, I, th- I thought that it was quite interesting that you had a banana in your garden in the first place because, mm. yeah, in, because we're not in India. No, we're we're in where are we? Sorry. We're in southeast London. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's it did very well over the very dry summer, and um, but but yeah, a dump of snow is not it's not good for a banana. But has it ever fruited? No, 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 no. Um, and I'm unfortunately not the sort of gardener that will rush out with fleece the minute that snow is forecast. No. Um, I'm definitely a gardener who decides that things can and must look after themselves a little bit. Yeah, you're so right. Because otherwise it just becomes high maintenance. And actually all those lists of telling us what to do, they're probably... I mean, with very good reason. I'm not saying they are wrong. I'm just saying that those 
10 things to do in the garden this week, slightly do my head in mm-hmm. because it makes me immediately think that I might have failed at something because I'm not going to be able to do all 10 of them, including <laughs> fleecing, which I haven't got anything to fleece anyway, but I'd still think, oh, I haven't fleeced. Yeah. And you're absolutely right. Also, going back to things need to survive. They do. They need to work for themselves. It can't be for faffing about no. protecting or watering really unless it's a new plant you know that's something different but all of that and life is much too short and I think I like your philosophy and I remember the year that you had a load of bulbs and you had completely forgotten to do anything with them and I think you went out in January and you just threw them onto the border and (laughs) covered them with a with they a sprinkling of compost. So, and didn't they come up brilliantly? They came up brilliantly. Just yeah. a, a few, a couple of facts there. It was February. Oh, and also, even worse. Okay. I hadn't forgotten. I'd just been too idle. I'd procrastinated and the bulbs were sitting there and I thought, okay, that'll be fine. Uh, they shouldn't go in. Tulips should not go in in September. No, anyway. no. And oh, I'm just going to get on my soapbox a little bit about... Um, Again, social media and, and things, people telling you what to do. And in September, oh my goodness, you could not move for people telling you what to do with your bulbs or where to, you know, which bulbs. Might, I think I probably did the same. I'm sure I, I put a post out about which bulbs, you know, you should be buying right now. But again, it puts that pressure on you. And tulips are way better left till at least November, I would say, because then they don't get all funny diseases. And they don't get all soggy because the ground is usually still really soggy and wet. So just leave it. So anyway, with that in mind, in the back of my mind, I said, I'm sure they'll be fine. I'm sure they'll be fine. And it got to the day after Christmas when I went out and thought, I really need it. And my my mother had come to stay (laughs) and had found my secret stash of bulbs in the in the utility room and they've given me a very disapproving look like, oh yet again I've I've done something ridiculous or not done something and anyway the ground was too hot so then they got left they they got forgotten and then I just thought by by the beginning of February this is it you know they've only got two months to grow the poor things so you're absolutely right I then threw them on the ground it doesn't matter with bulbs about which way you point them up as well their pointy ends or their or pointing up or down it doesn't matter they work it out so threw those down on the ground and then got some bags of compost and some compost from the compost bin and chucked it on the top and that was it and they were fine they were fabulous i think i remember the pictures they were brilliant it was one of the best years and by doing that i'd mulched the soil as well (laughs) Which was the first time, I think, that my poor gardener had ever even had a mulch and I did it without realising. So so maybe, maybe this should also be a regular thing that we talk about what not to do in your garden. Definitely. I think, I am so with you on that because I reckon that these to-do lists, a lot of them, a lot of the things on the to-do list are outdated because we live in a different way. For example, clearing leaves. Now, we have just got the snow outside. The snow is covering the leaves that I think are still... Oh, yeah, I can see a few that are still in your borders. And, okay, you can't clear leaves now anyway. It's too late. But what is this whole clearing leaves thing about? I can understand why you might want to take them off a lawn. Or pathway. 
Yeah. In case they get slippery. Absolutely. But, and I can also understand if they're like three foot deep on a bed. But I think that it has come from, you know, there, there used to be a notion of gardening. Gardening was very tidy. Mm. But mm. also, it might have been the time when somebody had a gardener to whom you could say, right, you go, there's nothing else to do in the garden yeah. at this time of year. Find yourself something to do. Mm. Clear the leaves up. Because then, because what happens is that the leaves get cleared away and then you're told to make leaf mould out of them by putting them, basically putting them, tidying them all up, scooping them into a, into a bin bag yeah. and then shoving, poking a hole in it and then going keeping them in your garage till they all For rot down. For two years. Yeah, yeah two years. Mm-hmm. Until they all rot down. And then you bring them back out, you bring all of that back out and you put it back where you got it from in the first place. And I would say, if anybody, if you just take a look at a sort of forest floor, that's what nature does, does it? The leaves yeah. come down, they yeah. rot. Yeah. And, and I would say, and I, I never clear leaves off my borders, never. And I would say that when it comes to the springtime, they've sort of magically done a thing. I, I don't look at the border and see a layer of leaves. I just look at the border and it's it's looking kind of earthy. I think they magically, you know, worms must bring them down into the soil. Or fairies. Or fairies. <laughs> the be. garden fairies. The little garden pixies that yeah. just come along. With very tiny rakes and forks and... Do you remember the elves and the shoemaker? Do you remember that story? Did you have a yes. series of ladybird books? The ladybird books. We're showing our age now there. with the ladybird books. But yes, the elf and shoemaker, I did have that. Yeah. So I think, just going back to <laughs> before we go oh, to the elf and shoemaker. Elves and the shoemaker. I was going to, <laughs> I've got so many to talk about another time. Fairy tales. Yes, fairy tales. We can talk about that. We can talk about fairies in our garden. Um, yeah. You uh, think I, you're looking at me like I'm a... Nina is now looking at me as if I am a complete lunatic. <laughs> I've, got, I've, got, I've got some things to tell you about fairies in the garden, but we will leave it for another time. Well, we. <laughs> what I love about you, though, is that I literally don't know where your mind is going to go any minute. We could end up talking about anything and it's kind of a fun journey to go on really i entertain myself yeah. so i can keep myself occupied quite a long time because i never know what's going to happen either i never i never know so i so shall we be serious and say anything else that you should be doing in your garden or should we just talk about what you should not be doing yeah what you should not, be doing. not Why, clearing let's, up leaves let's stick with that let's stick with what not to do because we get all the to-do lists from, we're bombarded with the to-do lists. I think let's celebrate the what not to do. So I would say, what have we done so far? Don't not clear to clear up leaves, yes. Snow, what would you say about snow? Mm, I would knock it off plants. I, I think that left, if it's heavy and it's mm. left on the top of plants, it can affect them. So I would I would do that. So that's not a that's not a what not to do. But on your beds, isn't snow a kind of... It's like a blanket, isn't yeah. it? Sort of on the beds, it's like a blanket. Yeah, blanket. Exactly. Just on the tops of... So it's plants. actually so protecting yes. everything underneath from the cold. Weirdly, how yes. does that even work? Yes. You know, think of uh, sort of igloos and the insulating properties of snow and ice. You're spe- if, you're, if you get stuck in an avalanche... You're supposed to dig yourself a snow hole 
because it's warmer in the snow hole than really? in the air temperature. Yes, yes, that's absolutely true. <laughs> but you need to have landed quite the right way up in an air. Well, well, yes, okay. But, yeah. Okay, but going back to the, the, the igloo thing, have you seen those ice hotels? Yes, and I would never want to stay in one. Over my dead body. Yeah, absolutely not. No, that's, they're not comfortable. I actually know someone who has stayed in one. Do they have uh, mattresses and things? Or do you yes, lie on a slab of ice? <laughs> I, think, I think you lay on animal hides and furs and things. <clears throat> Quite a lot of layers of them. I think there are a lot of layers. I think you do you do mm. stay warm when you're in your covers. But the minute you... You wouldn't want to put your foot out of the bed and stand on an icy... I mean, I it I'm, doesn't appeal to me. I'm just all. thinking of the hygiene of all of that. Though. So Ooh. if you've got like... 25 reindeer skins because I'm thinking about the you know going back to fairy tales and the princess and the pea you need quite a few layers of reindeer skin I would imagine to Soft stop them. you feeling the pee mm. on the bottom of the well maybe there is a mattress this is yeah, something we must look up yeah because otherwise how would you launder 25 reindeer skins just thinking of the practicalities wow somebody else true or maybe because it's absolutely freezing bugs don't survive yeah, but other people's like slime if they've dribbled oh. on their pillows. <laughs> <laughs> Why does your mind automatically go to bodily fluids? I don't oh. know. It's a anyway. You know, maybe we should we should move on from this. But the point is that okay, so snow is good. What else not to do in your garden this week? I would say continue to leave some things standing mm. for the birdies. Absolutely, okay. absolutely. So what not to do is not to cut stuff down. Leave it all standing. Don't do it till spring. Don't do it until you see the new growth coming through in the spring, and then you can do it. Yeah, because if you let that new growth, so all the fresh green leaves down at the bottom of the plant, mm. if you let them get up too high, then you have to do a whole lot of sort of intricate. Yeah, go in with nail scissors trying to cut yeah. the dead stems. So yeah, yeah. Don't so that. I would say, and and we know, we all know that the stems left on the plant it will protect the crown of the plant. I mean, there are some things you absolutely shouldn't cut. Hydrangeas, for example. Penstemon, never cut your penstemon down in the in the winter. Always leave it till spring, um, and so not only will the growth protect the plant, but it's food for our little friends, isn't it? And habitats. If you Habitat. think all those sort of little wildy bits of the garden, I've got a hedgehog who loves the oh. little raggedy bad bit of my garden. That's not bad. I mustn't call it bad. You see, that's what's good. What we're mm. that's what we're kind of you know we're taught to think that it's it's messy therefore it's bad and it's not messy it's just loose and relaxed and untidy and then anyway the hedgehog loves it oh really have you named it. your hedgehog no but i do I think, I think you probably should well it would be harold obviously wouldn't it because but aged. that's the name of your hoover okay yes my robot hoover which which has changed my life and as my daughter pointed out the first time that she watched me watching it the amount of time they were actually watching this little thing going round um you could have actually hoovered to which i replied or you could have hoovered but anyway apart from that it's fascinating because it knows where to go and when it does when he bumps into things he then looks a bit, you can see his, from his kind of like attitude, he's a bit puzzled, just like, mm-hmm, there's a wall, what do I do? And then he turns left a bit, and amazing, you should see him round. Uh, I, I love the legs. fact that the Hoover has an attitude. Yeah. I love that. Going round a table is like watching 
can do a ballet dance. It's amazing. It's like it's like the Nutcracker. Oh, I don't know, Swan Lake, whichever, whichever way. I he's a he has changed my life. And with two dogs, you need a robot Hoover. Yeah, and they're big dogs. Robot mowers. Yes, that I was going to ask you if you would have one of those. Well, the thing is, there are so many lumps and bumps in my garden. Plus, there are these two big dogs out there quite a lot of the time. So I don't know what they would say about the robot Hoover. But I've got so many clients who have them and love them. Really? And what would a robot mower do if it came across a big dog poo? Sorry, to lower the tone, but <laughs> would it mow right through? You're so disgusting. I would clear. <laughs> Speak for yourself, but I tidy up mine. Thank you, before we go there. Go and sort all that out. I don't want any of your... your no, your... well, I, I, don't, I, I don't have a dog. I have a cat who very conveniently goes somewhere else to do that. Not your neighbour's garden, that's nice. Yes, I know. I mean, we really didn't plan to start talking about poo here, but sorry, everybody. Sorry. If you're having your breakfast, really sorry. But it incenses me, cat poo, because it is the neighbour's flipping cat who come in and drop a nice big one right usually in the middle of my path or in the middle of the garden, or whatever. And the really bad thing is, and this is really gross, but you brought up the subject of food, is that the dogs, I've got Labradors, they love it. Nice, tasty treat for oh. them. And then they've got it on their breath. And it is disgusting. So I think cats should go in it. And you, shame on you. <laughs> for letting your cat go well, and relieve my, itself. My cat else. Is, of, is a very good cat. And he... He goes in the back of borders. He would never go and do it on a pathway. I don't yeah. know what cats you've back got in your neighbour's you. borders. Back of my borders, probably not back of your own borders. Well, you don't, you know, poo on your own doorstep. Do you? so bad. I'm I sorry. Let's, let's change this subject. I think we've got all too scattered. has proved my point, and I do rest my case. <laughs> yes, but I don't have to pick up poo, whereas you do. So you've just, <laughs> you've just leant back in your chair, and what? What have you got on? <laughs> are you referring to my long johns? <laughs> they are my. I'll have you know they are special something or other that's not cotton because apparently cotton isn't great for keeping in the warm. I okay. Don't know what. So I've got my long johns and and the fact that I've got knee length socks over the top. This is one of my. I mean, how many layers have you got on today? Well, just the one. But it is minus six outside. <laughs> so I'm I feel the cold. So I've got those on and then a What's pair of it made of then if it's not cotton? I don't know. Don't ask me that. They haven't got I, mean, I need to look at the ingredients label, but that's kind of like on the back where so, I can't reach. So would you say this is you know, your something you could not do without yeah. when you're in the garden? At this time of year, long johns I have got today I've got a nice kind of cashmere oh god, already with a moth hole in it. Um Vest, long sleeve, cashmere. Um, cashmere and something else. Mm. So it's cashmere. I can stick it in the washing machine, don't get me wrong. Oh. Um, Woolly jumper. And I haven't got this on now, but I need to show you my the pièce de résistance of my many layered attack on the cold is some um, heated waistcoat. Oh. Now that's where I'm jealous. Proper 21st century technology. I have got a waistcoat, which looks like a sort of thin gilet. A gilet. Mm. 
so I don't think I've said gilet before, it's a very nice word to say. It's a good word. Anyway, um, so it's got that, and then it's got this battery pack in a pocket, which you charge, you can take the battery pack out and obviously charge it, and then you plug it into your coat in the pocket, and there is a panel in the back of the coat, a material panel, you can't see it or feel it, it's not thick, it's just like a, must be a, a sort of bit of material that's in the lining. And it's sort of round about your, your kidney area. Mm. And I remember a very hearty, hardy ex-boyfriend saying to me years ago that that's the bit of you that you need to keep warm. And if, you, if the area, if your lower back is warm and your wrists, then everything else is warm too. Now, the waistcoat doesn't deal with my wrists, but the, so that bit, anyway, going back to that, you put the weight, you plug it in, put the waistcoat on, press a button and it's like traffic lights. <laughs> Uh, whatever red great. no no it's not traffic lights it's blue <laughs> the driving that's a whole other thing anyway it's not traffic lights at all it is blue then amber then red and red means super hot oh. and the instructions said you know you'll only need this on for five minutes i had it on all day yesterday <laughs> and a great big sort of puffer jacket on the top of that and what it does anyway this panel is that it it starts heating up when it's attached to the battery pack and then the rest of the lining has got like this sort of, it's sort of silvery, it's not tinfoil, but it's... it's a mesh. Yeah, and it's a kind of metallic-y looking thing. Anyway, it radiates, the heat radiates through. So I had it on full whack all day yesterday with three other layers underneath. When I was outside, puffer jacket on top. Bob is your uncle. Honestly, the best. Get one. Okay, and I, oh, I have two questions then. One, how do you clean it? Can it go in the washing machine with all that gobbins in it? Yeah, but you don't wear it next to your skin. You wear about five layers underneath, so why would okay. you want to clean it? Okay. Unless you spill your soup down. I mean, take it off for lunch if you're eating tomato soup, maybe. Okay, yeah. And um, my second question is, uh, when I was little, my grandmother used to warn me about going too close to things like radiators because she said it would give me chill blades. <laughs> Now, A, I don't actually know what chillblains are, but B, do you worry about your chile giving you chillblains? No, I thought you were going to say, because they used to tell us at school not to sit on the radiators. Oh, would give us piles. Ah, uh, yeah, there was that. <laughs> so I was going to say, but, well, I wouldn't have thought it would give me piles if it was warm <laughs> in my back. It's not, it's not like I wear it under my bum. But chillblain, I don't what even is know a chill, what is a chillblain. No, I don't know. Can anyone write in and tell us what a chillblain is? We must look it up. So, And I think, aren't they things you get at the end of your fingers? You wouldn't get one on, on your, your waist, would no, you? probably not. Well, the story about this, I'm just feeling jealous, because I tried to get one. They're all sold out. Uh, you yeah. need to go and have a look at a few country stores yeah, yeah. online. So if anyone can tell me where they've still got them in stock, please yeah. do. So we're coming to the end of our podcast now, and I think we should have a little think about what we've learnt what are the rich pickings from this week? I would say the rich pickings are, for me, I would take inspiration from the idea that we should be more snoopy. I really do. Yeah, absolutely. And biscuits for breakfast. Every day. Yeah. And not being tidy in our gardens. Yes, not being overly tidy. I mean, we could start talking about the whole 
rewilding versus wild kind of thing that that's for another day maybe let's not but yeah just just be a bit more relaxed let it all hang out a little bit more i'd say in your garden don't you think yeah i do i agree totally and i think the final thing is that joe's christmas pudding may or may not be edible (laughs) which (laughs) whichever way you slice it it's going to be very yeah. Ooh, kind of pack a bit of a punch. So thank you for listening. Hope you join us next time for some more rich pickings. We've been so excited about sharing this with you and so we're so glad you're here. Thank you very much. Tell your friends. Come tell again us, next time. And tell us what you think. <laughs> <laughs>